We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up? Welcome into another edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy, Will. We are checking in. How you doing? How you living? It is a beautiful Labor Day weekend here in the States. And joining me today, we have connected with the three-man weave. First up, we got my best friend, co-host, and the coach of our podcast, the one and only, Greg Manakis. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Ready to be here. Uh, so happy that we have the three-man weave back. It's been a while since we did one of these. It's been a minute. We're going to kick it into full gear. And, of course, to round us out, we have our podcasting cousin from across the pond, the leader of the Taylor gang, the one and only, Adam Taylor. Adam, happy to have the three-man weave united together once again. I love you guys. <laughs> it's just such a nice gathering when we get the chance to get all three of us together you know we get busy during the week and so sometimes we can't i mean even the other day adam when you and i were pod and it felt like man this has been a while even though obviously we, we interviewed seth Parton out together but you know we, we went basically an hour and we didn't have that much to talk about and we still found a way to make it an hour so it's it's i, I love it when i get to get all all of our guys together here in, in one space i love you guys Love you too, brother. <laughs> and I love basketball and I love FIBA basketball, Will. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited to talk about the FIBA tournament because although USA ended up losing to Lithuania, my Lithuanian brethren, um, the games have just been so exciting. And it's really cool to see the world kind of really showing that they've caught up with the USA. Yeah, man. I think, you know, I love when we get, you know, FIBA basketball and stuff like this, because number one, I love when stuff's on during the day. So I have an excuse to watch sports at inappropriate times for my other work schedule. So now I'm just kind of multitasking throughout the day, watching highlights, watching games. So as you're listening to this, you know, there's a chance if you're listening to this on the podcast version, maybe you're listening on Tuesday, you might be watching, you know, maybe you're multitasking, maybe you're listening to or listening to us and watching Italy and USA right now as we're actually talking about it. But uh, FIBA has been very, very exciting. And, you know, like to your point, Greg, you know, that Lithuania game against the USA, they were just on fire in that game. You know, of course, the shot against Anthony Edwards in the left wing, you know, just I don't even know how that guy he even had the smile because there was no way he knew that that shot was going in. Uh, but you're right. It is crazy to see the amount of talent spread out across the world in this tournament. 
And Adam, I know you've been doing a lot of coverage for it. Has there been any part of FIBA or any player or any country that's kind of stood out to you while you've been doing the coverage for it? Yeah, I mean, Latvia is one that I've really enjoyed watching. Their ball movements. Out just, too. Yeah, their ball movements just crisp as hell. Um, other than that, no, like Team USA, I've been watching. I've watched a little bit of France, but they're gone now. Bye bye. Avidesen, that's German. <laughs> Au revoir. There we go. We got it right. I live right next to France. It's like literally a 45 minute flight. Don't speak a fucking word. Um, other than that, no, not really, man. I, I liked, I've been just kind of enjoying watching everybody freak the hell out about whether the world has caught up or Team USA haven't put together an A team. I've seen people call it the F team, the C team. <laughs> so I've been enjoying the semantics in those arguments more than I've actually been enjoying the basketball, mainly just because every time I watch FIBA, all I think about is I want to watch Chris Stapp's Paul Zinger set a screen for Tatum and then Tatum take a one dribble pull up. And then I get sad. It upsets me. <laughs> well, hopefully that's coming soon. You know, we are roughly about a month out from training camp right now. So I know that, or the first, I should say the first preseason game training camp will be before that, but the first preseason game is roughly about a month away or so. So we're getting closer to hopefully if Porzingis will be ready for that. But, you know, with FIBA, like I think it is interesting that part of, you know, has the world caught up is a little bit, you know, for me, somewhat of a boring conversation because, uh, duh, they fucking caught up. Like, we've talked about, you know, the top MVP candidates are Nikola Jokic, our Giannis Antetokounmpo, our Joel Embiid, our Luka Dot. Like, the, the biggest question of the NBA is when is there going to be another American MVP? Like, I mean, that's that's a that's a real genuine question. And, you know, Booker and Tatum are, are probably the best bets. Or if you get, you know, uh, one last hurrah from, from Steph Curry or Kevin Durant, those are kind of like the four options you're looking at. So it's like no kid in the world has caught up. And I think it's really cool. And even though, yes, it, like you mentioned, Adam, like, is this the C team or I don't know where to rank this particular team USA, but I kind of like the fact that it, because it is this version of team USA, which I think has been fun, by the way, I think it's actually been really fun watching these younger guys play, but I do think it makes it a little bit more even because you just don't quite know if, if there's going to be that other gear that this team USA has when certain teams in this tournament get it going. Like you saw the other day and, you know, team USA had trouble, you know, getting that game into a place where, where they could really grab a hold of it and just, just never got there. Well, the thing is that all these teams have over the USA is they have the cohesion. They've been playing together as a group for a long period of time. They have a system that they, when they like sign up for the national team at their country, they understand the type of basketball that they're going to be playing, right? And the FIBA game is different from the USA game. So if we're not sending our most talented people over there, like that inherent advantage that we would have just having the most talent goes away, right? We still have probably the mo a couple of the most athletic athletic dudes in the tournament, um, probably the most like pound per pound for pound talent across any roster, but that's not enough to make up for all of the cohesion that we see from these teams. Like the Lithuanian team, you know, they, they've been playing the same brand of basketball for the past 20 years and team USA is trying to implement this Steve Kerr led, you know, um, read and react system that, that they want to do. They're trying to switch as much as they can, on the defensive end, but then you see guys like in the FIBA game, like post play is so much more prevalent. And Austin Reeves, who had been doing such a good job, fouls out, um, barely making an impact because Lithuania just said it doesn't matter, even if it's a big man or a small forward, we're going to post this dude up and just make him play post defense because nobody in the NBA has to play post defense because it's not part of the offense, right? So it's not even a skill that people work on that that frequently. So 
it's just such a different game and uh it's just been fun fun to watch team usa try to figure it out it's been fun to watch anthony edwards clearly establish himself as like may you 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 mentioned tatum you mentioned booker like edwards when is he going to work his way into all first team all nba or mvp conversations it looks like it's going to happen sooner than later has edwards outgrown team usa does he need to go to a bigger team <laughs> I Get saw somebody tweet that yesterday. That's not my fault. Somebody tweeted that yesterday. Anthony Edwards has been, and we're going to use a Lithuanian word here. He's been day, dayga, which means on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Um, Anthony Edwards has been legit. I, I think that him, Bankeros had good moments. Brandon Ingram struggled hard, though, I think, throughout most mm-hmm. of the tournament. Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't looked like the defensive player of the year that he was in Memphis, but again, it's a different system. And the biggest rule change for me that you kind of have to adjust to when you're in fever is the fact that you can just load load yourself up in the paint and you mm-hmm. can kind of just hang there and do what you want to do. When you're running a switch-heavy offense, as you said, against teams that can just post you up and they don't really have to play hot potato with the rock around the post, around the block. It gets difficult, man. And that's why I was shocked that they didn't bring like somebody a little bit bigger with experience. Like Walker Kessler's got the size, right? He's got the size. Mm-hmm. He's got the strength. He's built for that FIBA game in terms of body, physique, technical ability, but he's not a low post guy. He's not somebody yeah. that's going to drop step. You give you one shoulder, like drop his shoulder barge into you. Dislike, like you needed, a Dwight Howard, or obviously Dwight's too old now, would have ran out of gas in about 33 seconds against Lithuania. But somebody along that, yeah, somebody along those lines, like, you know, maybe AD is probably too frail to play in that. This is kind of where I wanted to lead us to. If you had to choose one more American big man that is better designed for the FIBA game to deal with that post play, who would you choose? American born big man. Because most American big men now, play more of a five out system or a rim running system who can go I just, in there? I mean I would I would bet on Bam just like in a pinch I I know he's not like he doesn't fit the description that you're talking about but if I'm sending another American big there I would send Bam just because of that versatility that he offers and he's just like such a dog um Jaron Jackson I mean Will and I were actually talking about this yesterday because we were hanging out for a little bit and we were talking about how Jaron Jackson has always had like a, a, a behemoth next to him, right? He's had a Steven Adams next to him. He's had a Valanciunas next to him because they understand he's not really built for the low post. He's more of like a classic power forward in the, in the sense of the word, which is a good transition to when we eventually get to our list here. But Bam would be the guy that I would probably go with. Is there somebody, somebody else you're thinking of? Like, do we call up Jared Sullinger? Like, <laughs> he, i mean he's probably got more experience right playing this do we, type of do we go to uh do we go to beef stew do we bring beef that's stew? That's who you go <laughs> with you go with beef stew and you fuck the drop step we're just gonna I mean, run guys over his teammate i did see somebody mention this today on twitter it was just kind of like uh i can't remember who it was but like jalen Duran was a guy who's just an animal on the boards right that's uh-huh. a you know, he's 19 years old so obviously there's probably some concern about you know his age and you know trying to you know the, the warriors scheme has been you know famous over the last couple of years for young guys not being able to pick that up quickly so i don't know if that's exactly you It'd know where Brooke you want to go right brooke lopez Brooke lopez probably- you know jared allen came to my mind as like a, as a guy maybe that that you know i'm with you i would have gone bam as like my default but 
you know, I, I think those other guys are are potentials in there, but you've seen, right? It's it's pretty crazy to watch how in Team Canada has the same problem, right? Where they're running out Kelly Olinick and, and Dwight Powell. Like, yeah. you know, in the game they lost to Brazil, they just got killed on the boards. Like that was a big part of, of that game. And then Lithuania just bullying, you know, the US along with their their hot three-point shooting. It it is just very different how the FIBA game plays out versus you know what you see in the nba and i think it, you know it, it's what it's part of what makes it so interesting for you know for us who, who's not obviously involved in international basketball all the time but then to see these guys that we do watch year in year out try to adjust on the fly do you know yeah, i, I think, also think, want to see also oh, no go ahead i was just going to say i'd like to see a all i want to see a team usa where, where it's an all nba recently retired team so Ooh. if you go to the world cup you can only pick guys that have retired within the last five years. So from the NBA, so you could get like Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade. Has Dwayne Wade been five years now? Hasn't been he just went into years. the Hall of Fame? He just went into the Hall of Fame, so I think he's right at maybe, five. Maybe ISO Joe. ISO, ISO Joe. Joe. Go, yeah. we, we can go poach the big three. They've got some guys yeah. over there that we can but go. I get. just thought that'd be a nice little like you know a ten man roster of thirty four to fifty seven year olds because everyone plays in the league until they're nearly dead at this point. And well, this just, is kind of the crazy part, right, Adam? Like, like back in the day, this used to all be just the, the top college kids. And you think about, you know, you look at, you know, Greg, to your point, Team USA trying to put together a team of NBA pros together and how, you know, the playing field's a lot more level. Imagine if USA was coming into this with just the top college kids. And obviously, you know, college from the time that I'm talking about pre-1992, it, it was all, you know, juniors and seniors that were guys that would go on to become nba hall of famers and you just don't have that anymore so it's a very different college landscape but the idea of sending you know 12 13 college kids to go compete with these international teams like they get fucking that's smacked. Not, exactly they would get yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't even be it, like the fact like if u.s could come home with a bronze medal that would be a massive achievement with the with the college team even if they made it to the quarterfinals yeah Exactly. Yeah, like making it into the quarterfinals would be amazing. I would imagine they'd be one of the worst, worst teams in the in the in the tournament. But I think that uh, just to finish out the the types of guys that I would want to take advantage of the post play, Zion, right? Zion's got to be there. He probably wouldn't hold up on the defensive end, but there's nobody that would be able to cover him, you know, on the post. And Julius Randle, who's just like kind of a poor man, Zion, right? So in, in the post there, I think um, both of those guys would be interesting in, in an Astro play. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, that, that would be fun to see some of those guys in there. We'll see what happens when it gets to the Olympics. You know, we'll, we'll see what that is. USA qualified. Canada, they'll qualify. So they'll be interesting to see who they bring. But uh, quarterfinals, they're starting on Tuesday. So as you're listening, you might be, listen, be watching the quarterfinals right now. Some really exciting matchups. USA and Italy, Slovenia and Canada, Luca versus Shea. That will be a fun one on Wednesday. So we'll check back in later in the week as the FIBA tournament wraps up. But Greg, you mentioned it. Today we are moving on with our top five lists in the Eastern Conference. Today we are talking about power forwards. So get that command ship X ready. We're going to make a list. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So we've gone so far. So far, we've done our point guards. So far, we've done our shooting guards. We've done our small forwards and we've done our duos. That means it's time to do power forwards in the Eastern Conference. First time we got the three, well, we had the three-man weave for the duos. We had the three-man weave united here for the position-specific top five list. So this will be a 100% official GWE ranking that we have for y'all. So, Greg, let's share that screen for those watching on uh, on YouTube here. And so as we always do, number one, what I think we need to do is we need to go through and define the candidates that we're qualifying for this particular position. So we'll kind of go through the teams here and then we can start to kind of go. We'll take, we'll take turns here. Command shift Xing the players that we need, but Greg, take us through the list of, of you were the one that made this initial list of the players that we're going to walk through. Yeah. And just to be, uh, just to be fully transparent here, what I did to make this list is I took your small forward list, I copy and pasted it, and I just removed all the small forwards to place them with power forwards. So it's a little disorienting to me to look at this and not see it in alphabetical order. But apparently <laughs> you just you didn't want to go alphabetical order. So this it's just set up whatever it's, way you divisions. Doing it. Oh, it's by division. Okay. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. So it's alphabetical order within the divisions. I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I copy paste from a website. Yeah, so yeah. That, that makes a little bit more sense. Okay, good. Now, I, I, there's some organization to it, so I'm happy about it. All right. Celtics, um, are we all assuming Horford's going to be the power forward this year? I actually kind of disagree start. with this, but I'll see what Adam Okay. Thinks. I've been very vocal on the fact that I do not want to see too much Rob KP sharing the floor together, so Horford is my choice at power forward. So I more disagree in the sense that I, I think I would probably classify Porzingis as the power forward versus Horford, and Horford would be the center. But it, it feels like I'm outvoted here two to one, but that was kind of the way I was in, if we're using, and I think it's going to depend on matchups, which one will be, you oh. could really look at as the power forward center. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, but definitely in my mind, I kind of slotted KP as the nominal power forward with Al Horford as the center, but I'm happy to roll with Al Horford as, as that power. To forward me, to me, it's more, center. it's more about the defensive role that the guy is going to play on the team. Me too. And I think, yeah, I think Porzingis is going to be in that like classic drop in the center, kind of anchoring the defense and Horford will be um, more likely to be switching out in the perimeter. I don't think you see much of, of that from, from, um, from Porzingis. So I would probably go uh, Porzingis at the five Horford at the four All right. um, for the Knicks. I think it's pretty obvious. Julius Randall would be their power forward. The nets you're really choosing between cam Johnson and Dorian Finney Smith. Here, I think Cam Johnson is probably more of a modern power forward than Finney Smith. I see Finney Smith more as a classic wing. I think they're both probably more wings than power forwards. Are you guys cool with Cam Johnson here? I'm good with it. I'm down. 
Yeah, he's he's more fun to talk about anyway than Dorian <laughs> Finney-Smith. Um, 76ers, P.J. Tucker, I guess, is still their power forward. They're hanging on to that system, whatever that system is. Um, the Raptors, we've talked about, Adam. Like, we don't know any of the positions on the Raptors at some point, this like, is the fourth time Scotty Barnes has been listed for a position. <laughs> <laughs> so, Positionless basketball, baby. There is it, no position they are. anymore. That's what the Raptors are doing. So, Scotty Barnes, are we cool having him here, Will? Yeah, we've already put Siakam in one of the top five. So, I'm, I'm cool with Scotty Barnes being, being here in the four spot. Okay. For the Bulls, it's Patrick Williams. For the Cavs, yeah. it's Evan Mobley. For the Pistons, I guess it's Beef Stew because Dur- uh, Jalen Duran is going to be their center. Right, so Beef Stew probably is their starting power forward. I don't know if that's. I mean, I mean the they lineup. play a little bit like the Celtics. They do that double big. If you look at like just the who has actually started games for them last year, they did do a lot of Durin and Beef Stew. So I, I, okay. I think Beef Stew is the way to go here. And Beef Stew is better than Bagley. So let's get Bagley. Everybody's better than Bagley. He's just badly. <laughs> He's Marvin badly. <laughs> uh, for the Pacers, I'm assuming their lottery pick, Jairus Walker. We'll get the nod at power forward, but Obi Toppin is on the team now too. And Obi has a chance to like kind of bust out this year. Do you guys have a preference which one we go with? I just don't think you can rank somebody that hasn't played a minute of NBA basketball yet. I think it's unfair. Plus, Obi's got real name, no gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's give Obi some level. We'll throw Obi on there. He's not going to last very long, so let's 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 let him have some shine for a moment. Okay, and then for the Bucks, we have Giannis. For the Hawks, Sadiq Bay. Um, now that John Collins is gone, yep. uh, for the Hornets, PJ Washington, who just, just signed, signed deal. just, three, just signed three his deal, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good deal for the, for the Hornets with PJ. I like PJ Washington. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. Um, I don't know if he's going to crack the top five here, but it'd be, he'll be <laughs> in the discussion for the heat. I guess it's still Kevin love. This was an interesting one. I'd be curious to see what Adam was thinking. Cause I, I it, yeah, it is really weird to think about who it is for the heat. I mean, it's it's not Caleb Martin, but I was thinking maybe it's Caleb Martin, but that doesn't also make any sense. So, yeah, I think Kevin Love is is, is the way to go. I don't think you've got another choice. Did they move on from Yurtz then? No, he's still there, but he's not going to start. He's not going to. Yeah, he's not going to play. Yeah. Um, Wait, what? What name did you just say? Yurtz fan. Omer Yurtzvin. I don't know. I think I said that right. Yeah, I just I, we don't. I just said Yurtz fan. I just Sven as in Sven. Sven. Yeah. But and yeah. then for, I think Kevin okay. Love is good. Kevin Love, okay. For the Magic, Paolo, and then for the Wizards, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I think that looks good. I got no objections over here. Okay. I'm sorry, that's Drip King Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> the sweater god. Him and Jordan Poole are going to be breaking hearts all over the country. All right. <laughs> so so we're breaking uh, backboards. That's for fucking <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> So for this exercise, Adam, the way we've been doing it is we've been starting just by eliminating people first. And then when we get to the top like eight candidates or so, we say like, all right, these are the probably like the guys that we need to have in there. I'm sure looking at the list right now, we can already kind of get a feel for who our top five is going to be. But we're going to start by eliminating just because this allows us to talk a little shit about people, but also give some backhanded compliments and all that. Um, I'm going to give you first command shift X elimination um on this list here adam so who do you want to get rid of first who do you think is the worst power forward in the eastern conference go down let me see or the least best man because i think that he's past his best i think i still give you a little bit but i just oh man this is tough because i want to say kevin love real bad because i'm just like 
he's old now and but at the same time we're looking at a list <laughs> who's who's the other guy that who's the other guy that you're considering probably bay maybe yeah i think i think you're in the right ballpark man i mean i yeah. think either way it's you, you can't go wrong here one of these guys is getting snipped very quickly here yeah do you know what because kevin loves all name no game at this point shout out keith smith for that phrase i want to go with kevin love we're going to remove plus heat fans are unbearable on twitter and this is my revenge so we're going kevin love fuck you heat fans sorry <laughs> all right well you get the next uh, elimination here yeah, I mean, I, I, so I think it's already Adam already named it. It's probably Sadiq Bay, and I like Sadiq Bay. Uh, this was when he was kind of like being floated around as a potential trade target during the during the deadline last year. I thought it was at least an interesting name, depending on the price for the Celtics to to go take a look at. Um, he's just fine, you know. I, I think there's some guys here that have higher, at least higher upside than what Sadiq Bay gives you. So that's why I probably would cut him before them. Uh, okay. Between him and P.J. Tucker, and I, I'll, I'll take Bay for now because I know at least Tucker, you're still looking in the postseason. He is going to give you, you know, that quote unquote toughness, whatever. You know, there's there's something to it with Bay. It's, you know, it's just like I said, it's fine. Yeah. And this is I think like Sadiq Bay is another one of those guys that is probably more of a classic wing than a power forward here. Um, so this for this list, I felt like the power forward was probably the most outdated like obsolete position in the game as I was going through this. There are a, a few guys in here, like a Julius Randle, who would have mm-hmm. been a power forward in you know whatever era. era they played in. Um, but a lot of these guys, I'm like, yeah, you're really more of a wing than anything. But I think like you, to your point, Greg, I think it's shooting guard and power forward. Those are the two that you look at, and yeah. it's like this is all just consolidated to wings, or you're you know, or you're that Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero looking at like shooting guards, but it's like eh, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. there's this kind of like weird in between shooting guards and power forwards definitely feel like the two most outdated out of the, the five positions. I'll just For go sure. guards, wings, bigs. I don't yeah. even say the word forward anymore because most forwards can slide down and most guards can slide up at least one, or at least two guards. So I'll just go guards, wings, bigs. But I agree. I think power forward is the, probably the most antiquated, antiquated position. Antiquated, yeah. That's what I said. Uh, I, re- I learned <laughs> it from reading, man. I learned it from reading. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like I was, I, I was reading this uh, like philosophy book. I guess philosophy is maybe not the right word, um, but it's it's called Beyond Biocentrism, and it just like talks about like where consciousness comes from. And there are all these words in there. Where I'm like, I I I know this word. I've seen this word so many times in my life, but I don't know that I've ever heard it. So they're like, this morning, I was just reading these words out loud and then going to Google to make sure I was saying them right. Um, yeah. Is so, it one of those okay. things where you're reading it in your head, but it almost ruins the flow because you're like, I'm not sure if I'm saying this word correctly. <laughs> Correct. And so then yeah. you just like lose your train of thought about all the other context surrounding, you know, yep. whatever it is you're reading. Posthumous was the one that used to get me. I used That's to go. I always used to just go posthumous, and then um, <laughs> I, I, I remember I was at my wife's graduation last year, and they were like, "And we're giving this one out to so and so, like a, as a posthumous degree." I'm like, "Posthumous," <laughs> and then it's dawned on me, like, "Dude, you've been saying this wrong like all of your life, and not one person has ever been like, dude, just, it's it's posthumous, okay?" Like, <laughs> Why? Why couldn't someone? So you've been say, you've been saying it out loud that way, not just in your head. Yeah, like verbally. Like I mean, oh, that's how, funny. how often do you use posthumous? It's not like it's that's some, true. You know, what I mean, I've probably done it twice in my entire life, and both <laughs> times I've probably been at a bar discussing 
somebody <laughs> famous. Um, I think it's, no. I think it's funny you saying it out loud because I definitely have certain words in my head that like if I'm trying to remember how to spell it, I'll like like for some reason Wednesday. Wednesday is how I always just like yeah, say it sure. in my head as I'm writing it up. But I, obviously, I don't say that. But that's obviously a more common word that you're gonna gonna use more than posthumously. February, February is how I yeah, say. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm the same man. And like this job, like doing covering the league, especially overseas, like friendships go out the window anyway. So I'm barely outdoors as it is because work so like i'm reading all the time and people use nice words and i learn these words and then i go to use these words and i'm like i don't have a clue how they're meant to sound chagrin <laughs> was another one chagrin chagrin, chagrin. Yeah. and i'm like chagrin yeah. grilled. <laughs> why was he char grilled much to his chagrin i love that yeah, and great. really chagrin and i'm like okay i get it well much to the chagrin of pj tucker i'm getting rid of him next How's that for a transition there? I like Will? that. I like that. You done, you've done well, my son. You've done well. <laughs> All right. Back to Adam. Uh, who's the next guy that you want to get rid of here? Sorry, the dog's barking. Someone's walking in my house. Um, let's have a look. I'm going to go with... Unfortunately, PJ took us off the list. I like my boy Obi, but he's just, he's just not ready. Obi's got to go. You're going Obi before Beef Stew? I love beef stew. <laughs> Adam doesn't have it within him to, to get rid of beef stew. That's his guy. Beef stew is great. I would like to see him in Boston at some point. All right. Well, who you got next? It's beef stew. <laughs> I'll just like, keep it simple here. At, I, I, at this I, point, you're looking, you're looking at beef stew and like PJ probably. Yeah. Pat Williams is in that combo as well as somebody that, that I might cut. But once again, I think there is still a potential upside to Pat Williams that I would, I would give at least a little longer of a leash to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I think beef stew, and then I think it becomes between Pat Williams, PJ Washington. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to besmirch Al Horford, but we're getting close to the Al Horford territory here, just with given his age. You know, you never know when that's gonna gonna turn into a very real thing. But I think we're starting to get closer to Al Horford. I think I'd look at. You know, it's going to be your pick here, Greg, but I think I'd look closer at Pat Williams and PJ Washington a little before Al, but we're getting close. Yeah, I think with Pat Williams, the thing with him is his measurables and just like his actual physical like body type, he looks like Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah. And there are like moments where you're like, oh, I, I see like those long freaking arms, those huge hands, his ability to be disruptive on, on the defensive end. He's kind of got that mechanical looking jumper as well. So a lot, a lot of his game reminds me of Kawhi and I want to like keep convincing myself that he could be a you know, not maybe like a C, a C version of Kawhi, like maybe what everyone thought Kawhi was going to be in like throughout his career. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, Kawhi Leonard is like this freaking good where he's the best player in a championship team. I don't think Pat Williams is ever going to be there, but I think he could be what everyone thought the original ceiling for Kawhi Leonard was. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, if that makes any sense to you guys. So I think I like, I still like Pat Williams here. I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to get rid of PJ before Pat Williams, even though I think PJ's had a better career up until this point. Remember the list is like power forwards that we're expecting to, to be good this season. So I think, I think uh, Pat Williams is going to make a little bit of a leap. So I'm going to get rid of PJ. I think the way you can argue this as well against PJ is the fact that nobody had any interest in him in this off season. Right. Yeah. I, I know there was some 
some peacocking from the Hornets where they were like, we're going to match what any, whatever anybody offers. But I don't think that was true. I don't think they had the cap space to do that after sort like fixing things with Lamelo and signing him to the extension. There wasn't enough interest. Whereas I asked myself if Patrick Williams was a free agent, is it really lasting until all the money's dried up before somebody else? No, it's not. People are going to be throwing big numbers at him very quickly. And to me, that kind of puts him ahead of PJ Washington on the spot anyway. I, I like that reasoning actually a lot. Um, do you, are, are we in Al Horford territory here? Al Horford wins the list. <laughs> he's he's in the top it's, five. It's a Celtics podcast. Al Horford's number one. We're on on like no bias. Obviously, no. We are in Al Horford territory <laughs> right now. So yeah, I, I mean, I think this is where it actually like the top five is probably going to be a little bit easier to get to, but like I think we'll r- run it down the, right now, Greg. Just for yeah, those so listening, we, okay, yeah. Who we got? So, we have Al Horford, Julius Randle, Cam Johnson, Scotty Barnes, Pat Williams, Evan Mobley, Giannis, Paolo, and Kyle Kuzma. So a, a lot of these guys are living kind of in the same area. Um, so I, 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 I think I would probably go Al Horford here just because I'm a little bit worried about that age cliff that he might fall off of. Um, is that, anybody want to get rid of somebody else before Horford? It's tough, right? Like because the hardest part is we watch Horford more than we watch everybody else, so we're very aware of his strengths and weaknesses. And then I'm sitting here and I'm like, I probably watch Cam Johnson the least out of everybody on this list. Mm-hmm. So then I'm inclined to say Cam Johnson, even though I know Cam Johnson is probably at this point better than Horford. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm having that question mark on it, I'm gonna have to say no. You can remove our Horford for me, but I will say that. I haven't seen enough of Cam Johnson to actually have a fair opinion. Well, yeah. I'll let you make the decision here. Horford or Johnson? It, it, that's a tough one, right? Because I think they just give you, they have very different games out of, out of like, you know, what you're going to get. Because I think Cam, to the point of what actually is a power forward, he's one of those guys that is a little bit more malleable and, and really is could be considered technically more of a wing. Like him and Bridges can be somewhat interchangeable as power forward, quote unquote, power forwards, wings. You know, they're going to Dorian Finney-Smith, who also who we talked about, like three of them are going to share the court potentially with Ben Simmons. And then you get a whole Raptor situation where it's, you know, one through four with Nick Claxton and mm-hmm. they'll just, you know, they, they could cover any of those positions, you know, for the most part. So, you know, I, I think it's tough because it's just a, a difference of, of style. But I think right now, you know, because I, I think Pat Williams is in this conversation as well. I think it's Pat Williams, Cam Johnson, and Al Horford are the next probably three cuts, okay. uh, the order. But I, I think I'd probably go with, you know, I think we should just cut all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think I yeah. think those are the three cuts. And, and then I think we kind of get to, all right, how do we get to our top five with, with what's remaining? Okay, cool. Let's take our last break and then we'll hit the top five. All right, so we're almost at our top five here now. So here's what we we got left that we've got to decipher through. We've got Julius Randle of the Knicks. We've got Scotty Barnes of the Raptors. We've got Evan Mobley of the Cavs. Giannis, duh. We've got Paolo from the Magic, and we've got Kyle Kuzma from the Wizards. So th- this is definitely, I think, you know, when you just immediately think about power forwards, say for maybe, you know, Scotty Barnes, like I said, we've had him at four different positions. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the guys that that you typically think of. So now I think this is where it's going to get really tough. I mean, I, obviously, I think it's pretty easy to know who's the one guy that we can save till the till the very end. That's, I think, very clear cut. 
I think who two through five is going to be is a little bit more murky. Who do you, and, and let's go with you, Adam, here. Who are you looking at as the next guy that you think should get that old command shift X? I think because of the, the weight he carries for his team, because two out of the last three seasons, he's been one of the better players in the East in terms of production, in terms of actually single-handedly winning a team towards the postseason. I think Julius Randle needs that second spot, man. And I know people are going to disagree there, but for me, he he's done so much for the Knicks. He's... You know, he had that down season, not last season, the season before. But overall, he's kind of transformed. I mean, he's made Knicks. two All NBAs in the last three years. Yeah, like two All Stars as well. Speaks for itself. So, yeah, I, so, I mean, for me, Julius Randle goes right behind Giannis. Um, I know there's some people that aren't big fans of of Julius's game, but for me, I think that um, you know the dude's a stud. It is what it is. So he, for me, he's straight after Giannis. I don't know if anyone else agrees. Yeah, no, I I think it's it's fairly obvious that he would be the number two guy. Um, otherwise, you're just kind of hoping that Paolo makes another jump this year. He was amazing last year. He looks great for Team USA, as you alluded to earlier, Adam. Um, I think you're look you're probably looking at those two guys because there's also everybody else at this point in the list is fairly young. Kuzma's probably the guy that falls outside the top five here. Would you say that he's he's number six, Will, and all the young guys so, are kind of in there? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm totally on board. I think Giannis and Randall are obviously the easy one two that we're looking at here. So then that means it's between you know Barnes, Mobley, Paolo, and Kuzma. And so for me, it, it just depends on you know because we're, we're projecting into next year what we think is going to happen. And yeah. I think with Kuzma, you know, this is going to be the first time since those early Laker days when they were, you know, which is a really fascinating team to look back on when it's like Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo Ball, D'Angelo Russell, all those guys on the same team and where they've all kind of spread across the NBA. And Kuzma kind of, you know, was what, like the 27th pick, late first round pick came out. And of course, you know, Celtics fans love to bring up the Lakers fans who are saying, well, Kuzma's just as good as Jason Tatum. We got him at 27. And of, of course, that has not played out. But Kuzma, very early in his career, was a 20 point per game scorer in this league and so mm-hmm. now that basically washington has flipped their roster over to empower him and pool as their you know their top two combination like it is interesting to think about you know right now barnes versus kuzma because barnes certainly took a step back in year two it felt like there was i don't want to say there was regression obviously but it just felt like the league maybe you know was more aware of scotty barnes and he he struggled to to adjust there was potentially some behind the scenes issues that were seemingly coming out that we don't know a ton of info about but didn't feel great and obviously toronto had a very very disappointing season so I think you could make an argument for Barnes versus Kuzma for this year. I think long term you're still obviously leaning Barnes. Yeah, uh, I, I think I like Paolo enough that I think I think Mobley would be my three. Paolo would be at the four, and then I'm kind of I'm open to a Barnes and Kuzma debate. Um, I'd probably lean Barnes, but I don't think it'd be crazy if someone were to come in and say I would put Kuzma at five and cut Barnes out of the top. Yeah, because the, the the thing with Kuzma is he also like really knows how to play the game really well. He's got actually a pretty high basketball IQ. He's a good defender. He's a great rebounder. Um, there are many games where I look at a box score. I'm like, damn, Kyle Kuzma had 15 boards last night. Like he just he just knows he has a nose for the ball. He knows how to move off the ball. He's a solid shooter, definitely a better shooter than Barnes is. So if I were 
like starting a team for this year and I needed to win a championship this year, who would I rather have as my power forward for 2023-2024, Barnes or Kuzma? For one year, I think I'd probably go Kuzma. So I'm I'm cool cutting Barnes here. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about established talent versus potential talent, right? Like mm-hmm. Kuzma is getting to the point where he is while he is at this point. Barnes is most players that have a big rookie season have a down second year because teams adjust because there's more film on the guy, but you know, people can scheme against you a little bit more. It's why if Paolo has a down year this year, nobody should be like, Oh, well, you know, he's fallen off. No, he's just adjusting to an like teams know him now. He needs to improve to beat what they're doing against him. Um, I'd go Kuzma right now based on he's what like, but we're banking on Barnes improving and that's a, it's it's a logical step for him, and it's ninety mm-hmm. percent likely that it's going to happen. But right now, Kuzma is more of an all round talent than what Scotty Barnes is. Barnes is more athleticism, raw skill, and raw talent. Kuzma, as you said, is more IQ, uh, finesse, a bit of a savant. So uh, I'd go Carl Kuzma. Greg, you're you're going against Giannis Junior here. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Scotty. I remember I, that. He called me. <laughs> After Scott, a I, I, game. I'm ex- I think Adam's logic there that like coming into the season, I think Kuzma being the established entity that you know what you're getting out of Kyle Kuzma versus the unknown and like the expected hope hoped for jump for Scotty Barnes having adjusted to the adjustments that were made on him year two. I think it's it's just better to you know know what you have versus wish for something, right? So I'd probably go with uh, Kyle Kuzma here as well. And the Scotty, you know, number six in with a high ceiling. You know, Will and I just did our fantasy draft last night for for American football, Adam. And Scotty Barnes is one of those guys that could like swing a, a fantasy league. You know, because you're like, oh man, Scotty Barnes like really decided to step his shit up in the offseason. He developed a 18 foot jump shot. He doesn't need to develop a three. Very, very much like Ben Simmons, right? Scotty Barnes is is very so. You know, when you come into the league, you're comparing him to Giannis. Now you're probably comparing him more to Ben Simmons because I don't think he's going to grow to seven feet tall like Giannis did. But I think Scotty Barnes still has a pretty high ceiling. So I think number six is a good place to leave him at. So we all agree that Giannis is one. Julius Randle is two. So now we're kind of splitting hairs between Mobley, uh, Bancaro, and Kuzma. I think based on the conversation we just had, Kuzma is, we all feel comfortable with him at the fifth spot. So we're really just debating between Mobley and Bancaro, which is pretty interesting because they're two of the you know most promising young bigs in the league. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting debate. And, you know, because I think I think Paolo has interestingly enough, even though Paolo is the younger of the two, his skill set is probably a little bit more well-rounded already versus Mobley. But I still think, you know, I mean, Mobley, what finished second in defensive player of the year voting last year, like he's already at an elite defensive level, but his offensive skills still need to develop. And you saw that, you know, really badly in that Nick series, right, where, you know, him and Jared Allen got the shit kicked out of him by Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein and, and crew. So, you know, that's where it gets interesting because you, you think about what what Evan Mobley really needed to reach for in that playoff series. And it was almost to a degree, man, if he had Paolo's offensive skill set, that would have actually helped the Cavs a lot more in that first round series for, for, you know, for what they needed in that particular matchup. Having said that, I think 
for once again, for right now, I, I think between the two of them long term, that's a really hard decision of who I would prefer. And I, I don't know what my answer would be. I think for this year, I'm going to take Mobley, but I, I'm very open to Apollo discussion because, like I said, I think his skill set's more well-rounded. But the fact that you can lean on Evan Mobley already as a as a defensive anchor for a playoff team, uh, I think that's going to let me lean Mobley. And I saw, it once again, Greg, and I, you and I talked about this with uh, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell a bit. Everyone's super down on the way the Cavs ended. But the Cavs had an awesome regular season. And towards the end of that regular season, Mobley was starting to show some promise, you know, as uh, as an offensive playmaker, taking at least willing to take some outside shots more often towards the end of the season. And you were starting to see something that could be really scary, obviously didn't happen then in the postseason. So now it, you know, the momentum is lost on that. But I, I would personally go Mobley three, Paolo four. But I'm open. I want to see what you guys think. I, I do think it's really close. Well, it's just interesting, like, you know, when we were doing the point guard list and a lot of people got upset because Trey Young wasn't in our top five. And one of the things that we brought up, and I know that we I love hating on Trey, it's so great. Yeah, but like there one of the arguments that we made was like, you know, why isn't Trey Young with Team USA? And it just like as a player for your team, who do you want? Do you want a Jalen Brunson who's like a natural leader, a great teammate, just like has real hoop game? Um, like if, if you were starting a team at the park, like Jalen, I'd feel more comfortable with Jalen Brunson being the captain of my team versus Trey Young. And then you look at Ben Carroll versus Mobley and you're like, kind of same argument. Ben Carroll's on Team USA. Mobley's not on Team USA. And we were just talking about which bigs would you want to have on Team USA moving forward. And we didn't even mention Mobley as as one of those people. Um, and Mobley's been part of You know, he's being recruited USA. in the Bahamas as well. He is? Yeah. So that that's something that I saw the other day. So there's, and I don't know the, the full lineage, but obviously the Bahamas, they have DeAndre Ayton. They have Buddy Heald. Uh, mm. They just picked up Eric Gordon. And so they're still trying to qualify for the Olympics. And there's a potential that they're looking to try to get. Uh, and Clay Thompson talked about this. So it'd be Clay, Evan Mobley, and then Evan Mobley's brother, Isaiah, is a potential of who they're recruiting, which is funny that international basketball has now become a recruiting landscape as well. And Paolo was being recruited to Italy, right? Was, like they were, they were upset at one point. So that's like, that's like a big, you know, uh, revenge game, so to speak for it Italy. People were pissed about Paolo backing out and going to play for team USA. I mean, he just wanted to win the world cup, dude. Well, now it's USA versus Italy. So I'm English, if you ask me to go play for team USA tomorrow, I'll be laughing at England all the way, man. Like, yo, they're not, <laughs> they might, they defeated you back in the day for independence. Now I'm I don't know, man. You, you and OG in the backcourt. I could see that. OG's who's the best? Welcome. Who's who's the best English basketball player of all time? Probably Ding. Like Lou well, Dang? Yeah, 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 that's true. He's, he's, he played. He represented England at all okay. international levels. He, I think he's from. He's from because I, I saw there was an article the other day about because um, like the South Sudan one, they won yeah, like, uh, like the president. president there, so like, he, he he probably has the ability to play for either either. Country. Yeah, but like the way I, I mean, if it's anything like soccer, which I'm assuming it is, once you represent one country, you don't represent. That's it. You're done. You, well, that's done. why I think the Joel Embiid decision is such a big deal for yeah. for next Olympics, right? Because because he can go and play for three different teams, so it all depends you know and that's a literal team. like you want to talk fantasy team swinging the swinging the advantage having uh Giannis having him be choose where he's going is a big yeah. factor but yeah probably Luol Deng just because 
I mean, he's the only English guy that had a legitimate career. Jeremy Sochan's out there now. I actively refuse to support anything Sochan does. I don't like OG <laughs> Ananobi. I don't like England. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel the country love here, man. <laughs> yeah, there ain't none, none at all, bro. Uh, just to get That's my place in here, I think that the way I look at it, this is what do you value more from your from your four, right? If you're like when you're talking about who's better, like do you value your four being able to do everything offensively and being able to hang in a team defensive system, or do you value him being like your primary defender but just a systematic offensive player, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Paolo at the moment gives you more upside because he is a systematic defender. He can play within a team defense and not be a targeted piece. Like people aren't, you don't hear people be like, oh, he's hunting Bancaro. Like, no, it's not going to happen. He's too athletic. He can, he's quick. He can switch. So he, he's not going to be a weak link for you defensively. And he's going to be one of your primary offensive pieces, pieces, pieces. Whereas Mobley is going to be a primary defensive piece, but he could depending on the game, depending on how you want to use him, utilize his skill set, he could be an offensive weak link. And that would be yeah. why I'd go Bancaro above Mobley, because no matter which side of the floor you're relying on Bancaro, he's going to at least give you above average production, whereas Mobley is not going to be able to do that consistently on the offensive end. Yeah, I'm with you with that, Adam. I'm going to go Bancaro over Mobley here, because I think – to kind of continue that that discussion, you could build a defense around Evan Mobley, right? You can't build a defense around Ben Caro, but you could build an offense around Ben Caro, and there's no way you could build an offense around Mobley right now. But you could like have Ben Caro be part of a defensive system and be perfectly happy. Like they're using Ben Caro at the five, and he's doing a hell of a job as someone who's never probably played the five in his life. You know, and Bancaro now is like playing five at, at a high level for Team USA, looking great. He's super quick off his feet. The chase down blocks from behind. Um, he's a good rebounder and he's just freaking huge, man. Like there were times this year where as a rookie, he looked like the strongest guy on the court in yeah. the NBA. You know, especially against the Celtics, where we we all marvel at the physical transformation of Jason Tatum. And there were a couple times this year where Bancaro just bullied him. And we were like, oh. Jesus Christ, this dude's a rookie and he's doing that to Tatum, who we all think is like this freaking Greek god now. Um, it, it It's pretty impressive what Bancaro has already turned into and proven to be so early in his career. Uh, here's another way to look at it as well. And it kind of goes off what you've just said, Greg. If you were building, say you've got Evan Mobley on one hand, Paolo Bancaro on another, you've got a contending team in front of you. They need a four. So you... If you could, could you put Mobley in there and be like, he's a top five offensive piece on a contending team? So he's a, one of your best offensive players on a contending team. Can, could no. you comfortably say that? But you can with Bancaro, but, but you could with yeah. Bancaro, right? You'd feel yeah. very. Then can you say Bancaro is one of the top five defenders on a contending team? Top five, when, there's only 15 yeah. guys. Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. But because you can only say yes to Mobley on one side of the floor, Bancaro is the more well rounded player. Yeah, not I'm cool with this. Like I said, I I think it's close. So I'm I'm cool with Paolo at three and, and just to the size part, man. I, I still always marvel at, at Paolo's size. And it I feel like, especially watching on TV, when all these guys are massive in person, it's a whole different story. Like when you go see a game and you see a Giannis or an MB, the Greg, I still think about seeing, you know, being five rows back at that Christmas Day game, looking at him and I'm like, holy shit, that dude is an alien. 
Yeah. Like, there's no way a human should be that big. Yeah, like a full head above everybody else on the court. Yeah, Dude, I've but, said but, this to you guys both in like off air. When I walked past Tatum in that hallway when we all went to Boston, like I've never, I'm not used to looking up at people in general. Like usually, I'm looking level or down. Like not only did I have to look up, his shoulder was as big as my head. Like just his <laughs> shoulder, like. That's how disproportionate he was compared to me. Like these guys, it, it's unfair. It's like natural selection at its finest, man. And, and that's the thing is, all of these guys are so big. So for me, when when I, you know, because I don't, I don't really Pause. watch too much college basketball. <laughs> I don't really watch too much college basketball, but you know, I'll tune in towards the conference tournaments into March Madness, start trying to like figure out who some of the prospects are. So when I started tuning into Duke and Paolo, like. This guy stood out like as if someone went into 2K. You know how sometimes someone will make their player like, you know, seven foot six, 300 pounds, and they'll just look so different than everybody on the in the video game court. That's what Paolo looked like in college. And then when he got to the pros, like usually it's like it will kind of correct itself a little bit. He still looks massive when you look at him in the pro. So I think that's something that you just rarely see that translates on TV for how big a guy like that can be. But Paolo has just, you know, over the last two years, just jumps off the screen every time he's on the court. Definitely. Uh, So our top five, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Julius Randle, Paolo Bancaro, Evan Mobley, and Kyle Kuzma sneaking into the Shout top to five power forwards in the Eastern Conference. Shout out to Kuz, the drip king. I like it, man. I think that's a pretty solid list. Uh, yeah, I think Kuzma's probably the most surprising one that I'm curious to see what people's reaction to that will be. But I think when you really look at it with the candidates available, I think it's a solid choice. Any Anything that stood out to you, Adam? Do you remember the Power Rangers movie, the first one? Olden I, 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 I remember them. I don't know if I remember them as to which one specifically was was so yeah, the first. One, but... I don't. I don't remember them like I remember the Secret of the Ooze and like all the Ninja Turtles exactly. movies. You know what I mean? Okay, so one of the main villains, well, the main villain in the first Power Rangers was Ivan Ooze. So... <laughs> what a name! That's a fantastic fucking name, Ivan Ooze. So Ivan Coos. Like that's kind of how uh, I'm gonna remember okay. it. I just wanted to point that out. As you can see, I'm in a jovial mood. Um, no <laughs> jo- jokes aside, I do think that Kuz deserves his spot on the, uh, at five. I think that he's slowly developed. He's been in multiple situations that haven't been great. From when he was in LA and he kind of overlooked there, he's kind of floated around. Ends up in Washington. Washington suck. Um, I'm sorry, but they did. They do. They will. Um, for yeah. the foreseeable future. But he's just developed away from the limelight and slowly became like a featured piece of the team's offense and. You deserve to be in top five for that when everybody else around you is literally still wearing NBA diapers. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kuz. And then, of course, you know, Giannis was just the easy choice at number one. We don't even have to have a conversation about it because Celtics, Bucks, they'll be battling all season. We'll have plenty of time to talk about Giannis during the season. But, guys, um, we got the three-man weave back together. We're, we're crawling, crawling our way towards a real news cycle and actual Celtics basketball to talk about. But I'm always happy to chop it up with you guys here, especially on a Labor Day weekend. That's going to do it for this episode of Green with Envy. As always, appreciate y'all for checking in here. Make sure you are locked in with us across our social medias. Hit that subscribe button here on YouTube. As always, we're trying to put out some more quick hitters. So if you're not aware, go check out our thoughts on Svi Mikhailuk. Hopefully I got that right. We'll see. We're working on it here, folks. We're working on it. And uh, we'll be back with more later in the week. Greg, any uh, any final thoughts before you let us know what we're going to hear on the way out? Yeah, I know the drill. Black Sheep Optimus, get this high.
Peace, everybody. I love these guys. Every time I get this high, I lose my mind. It don't take much no more. Until I hit the floor. Every time I get this high, it's you I find. It don't take much no more. Until I'm at your door. What can I say? You got me on the floor, you know I came to play. I know I shouldn't, but you seem to take my pain away. And every time I score, Jason Tatum fade away. I close my eyes and I'm floating your river. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.